ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So when you were a little girl, what did you dream about? Like when someone asked you the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your answer? One of my many answers was that I wanted to be an actress. I could just picture myself on Broadway and the lights. And I thought, oh, maybe I want to sing and I want to dance. And let's be honest, I have the world's worst singing voice. But this idea of being on stage, right? And I've now worked with so many women who had a similar dream. One of my clients, amazing, she wanted to be a rockette. And we started working together when she was 69. She's like, well, I can't be a rockette now. But of course, we could discover what the essence of that is for her at this moment. And by the way, rockettes, you totally should have a 69-year-old troop as well. Like totally the real woman. Another one of my clients, as we were working through what her true purpose is, what her desire is, she admitted to me she wanted to be an actress when she was younger, but was told, you can't do that. No one ever makes it. And that it was arrogant of her to even want that. Well, it is not arrogant, it is a gift. And it is a beautiful dream. And even if that wasn't in your set of dreams, my guest today fulfilled, is fulfilling this beautiful dream of being an actor, a director, a writer, a producer. And her story to become so, and the current work that she's doing, so empowering that I am so excited for her to come on and share how she made her own dream a reality because no matter what your dream is, if it is being an actor or a rockette or opening a bakery or writing a blog or being a mom, whatever it is, it's entirely possible. And that is what I'm so excited about our guest today. And she does it in the feminine. And we're going to talk about that. Let me introduce you to Nicole Ansari. Nicole is an actor, director, writer, and producer. Her interest in the healing arts made her also become a certified yoga therapist, kundalini yoga instructor, pre- and postnatal yoga teacher, theta healing practitioner, coach, and movement teacher. She's the founder of Wildly Feminine, a space for women to express their authentic freedom and for everyone to learn about Wild Feminine, as well as actors rising where spirituality and the arts emerged. She has an incredible new show out, called Messy that's being released very soon. And it is incredible. I got a sneak peek and it is truly the story of every woman in her authenticity to find herself again in another stage of life. And so we definitely want to talk about Messy. You definitely want to hear from this woman. Nicole, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Hi, Karen. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Nicole and I were in a women's program together where there were 900 of us women. And we have loved each other from afar, like on the Facebook, <laughs> getting to know each other that way. And so this is so fun to actually be together first person because Nicole, as I have been following your life and getting to cheer you on in the sidelines, as you have come out with this new show and it's winning tons of awards, I, I am just in awe watching you while you also are incorporating wildly feminine and taking people through movement and dance classes, you're really finding a way to incorporate all of your different passions into your life. And that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's taken years to blend all my interests together. Um, I've, uh, you know, I, I knew uh, I wanted to be an actress from, Literally, the moment I could think, I knew mm. this is what I wanted to do. Um, and and two events happened. One was I was too wild um, to go to kindergarten. 
uh, I was there for a day and I started um, uh, <laughs> fighting with the boys about the go-karts and the boys <laughs> they hogged the go-karts and I was like I was a tomboy so I was like it's my go-kart get the hell out of here <laughs> you know so um, they took me they, they basically said to my parents um, she's a little too wild she needs another oh. year at home and so I went back home watching my younger sister have a great time at kindergarten. And they did a performance of Rumpelstiltskin. And there, uh, the, the teacher came up to me. I was sitting down with my parents as the show was going to start. And she said, um, Nicole, would you want to play the fire? We don't have a fire. And I went... Okay, I didn't know what that meant. But she said, just sit down in the middle of the stage and wave your hands up and down like that. Oh, wow. And I went, okay. So I went up on stage, sat down, did that. The parents, of course, were all like, oh, how adorable, and <laughs> clapped and thought it was the Look cutest thing. Fire. <laughs> and I looked and I distinctly remember this moment going, this is it. Like, wow. I didn't know what it was. You know, I was too young to know that this exists as a profession. Right. I didn't even know what a profession was, but I knew, like, this is it. And then it happened again when I saw Casablanca. Hmm. I was maybe five or six years old. I saw Casablanca and the costumes and the drama and the romance mm -hmm. and she's getting Rick. And I said to my mom, when I grow up, I want to do what she does. And, you know, my, my parents were very, very supportive from the very beginning. And I also had an ability to watch myself a lot from the outside. So I, I would always play. I, I was a huge lover of Elvis Presley, and my dad was a huge Elvis fan. And so I would take my, a, a tennis racket, and I would pretend like I'm Elvis. And all the <laughs> girls and the boys of the neighborhood were the girls. You know, so, and they were all like fan fan girling you, course. and and you loved it, right? You're like receiving that yeah. adoration yeah. and that attention. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Give me more of that. More, 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 <laughs> please. This is so amazing. There's so many things in your story here. You know, one, you were told you were too wild. Like, how many of us girls have been told we're too much, too wild? Yeah. To all wrong, which then also makes us feel like we're not good enough, right? So it's like the too much and not enough at the same time. Absolutely. And that wildness actually is what makes you so suited for your dream. Yeah, totally. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that crazy? I mean, it's exactly how it is, right? And then you had this knowing. Now, what's amazing, Nicole, is you had this knowing, and, and I can relate to that love of being on stage, I realized that I wanted to speak when I was, I think, 13. My parents made me enter a an oratory contest because they were giving away a scholarship. It was to do a speech about Arab-Israeli conflict. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> but I gave the speech because they were giving away, you know, a partial college scholarship for years later. And I won. Wow. And that feeling of speaking on the stage was like, oh, whatever this is, more please. So I totally get this and resonate. What happened to me, though, is that then years later, I went, that's silly. Who does that? I don't know how to do it. You know, that's too much or it's too hard. But you went ahead with it. Yeah. Right. I had to come back to it later. In my late 30s, I came back to fulfilling this dream. So tell us about how you actually then started to pursue the dream and what gave you the courage to do so. Well, I think it's a mix between, um, you know, the, the bird of freedom has two wings. One mm. is self-effort and the other one is grace. And I, I think um, uh, there was a lot of grace in and or what other people ca would call luck maybe. I, I was also lucky because in, in elementary school, my teacher at the Montessori school was an actress by night. So mm. age seven, eight, nine, 
I would go every single show she did, and she did like out there extreme shows like Jean-Paul Sartre and very intellectual. I didn't understand a word of what she was doing there. Not a word, but I would sit there and go, wow, this is amazing. And they had an after-school program, so I went to the after-school program. We were chosen to be on the radio, and they asked her, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I um, remember that moment. I said, I think I... I think I, and I had to start the sentence three or four times. I, oh. I think I, I, I want to be an actress. Oh, you know, it's precious. It, it took precious. Me, it took me like it. It was this, this this shaky voice, but I knew there there wasn't another thing I wanted. And my parents were really great. They just encouraged me. My dad at mm. the time had a restaurant, and a lot of famous people would go in and out of that restaurant. So mm. one of those famous people uh, put me on his show as like an extra in the back somewhere. Oh. You know, so age, I don't know, like 10, 11, I was like waving from the sidelines, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to be in the front someday. Amazing. And, and you got that experience yeah. at such a young age. Yeah. And then Bravo to your parents. Yeah. Oh, no. My parents are absolutely amazing. And... um I later found out, actually, that my uncle, who became a, like a big businessman, he's from Iran. My, my dad is from Iran. He um, uh, actually studied theater and acting mm. in Iran. And then I found later another cousin, who I'm great friends with now. She lives in Toronto now. She also studied acting. So it is in the family so it was something yes. but i didn't know about it until years until i'd already done movies and tv and theater you know so um for me it was uh, it was partly luck because the first time i was on stage in uh, parentheses um uh, was i i remember dreaming and I would just look out of, you know, and, and not pay attention to what was going on in class. And I remember thinking, I haven't raised my hand all year. I better raise my hand. Because she asked a question. I don't even know what the question was. And I raised my hand. And my teacher, Ulla, who I'm still in contact with, she said, yes, Nicole. But I didn't have to answer anything. I went, okay. So I wanted to leave home. And she said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. And she said, no, you are in the Christmas play. Oh, because you had raised yes! your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so even when I wasn't conscious, the dream kept chasing me. So it was a yes. weaving. And I think it was because the dream was so deep and so unabashed that mm -hmm. it would come and, and call me if I wasn't yes. going to go and get it. That's right. Actually, this, this is incredible. I think this actually happens for all of us. If we are willing to hear the call. Yeah. Right? And we pay attention. What you talked about when you were the fire in Rumpelstiltskin is your whole body came alive. Yeah. Your whole body said, yes. I was on fire. You were on fire. <laughs> literally, right? And, and you actually heard it. You paid attention. You listened to it. And then... And you believed it. Yes. And that's huge yes. to believe that this is possible. Absolutely. And so when people talk about purpose as a calling, literally, it does call you. I think just sometimes out of fear, I've seen it in my own life and in other people's lives, right? In all my clients, we push it. We can push it away. Push it away. Yes. But what you just said, you know, everyone who's listening to this, if you really start getting quiet and you start paying attention, it will keep calling you. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. In in small ways, someone will mention something. Like when I knew I wanted to do this career and I finally said yes to it, I knew I wanted to go to school for something but didn't know what. And then out of the blue, a friend of mine sent me a note on Facebook. Have you heard of positive psychology? You're always so positive. You should check that out. And so it's like people drop breadcrumbs. The universe gives you breadcrumbs if you're willing to pay attention and listen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what you were willing to do. Yes, and children, you know, children have this naturally. 
Like children、mm. live in the wonder of life.、Mm. Like I、mm-hmm. love. Like、uh, you must have experienced this、um, with your baby when they. I love the moment they discover the hands. Oh. And they look at the hands like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? You know, they, they, of course they wouldn't curse.、Whoa. You know, but、no. whoa, look at this! And I can grab things. I can throw them on the floor. <laughs> <Yeah> . Look, I can <laughs> drop this, and it bounces back. And as an actor and as an artist, I think、um, in a way、uh, we're all like Peter Pan. We、mm. don't want to grow up, and.、Mm-hmm. We don't have to, because in order to be an artist, in order to be an actor, you have to be able to tap back into the innocence and into the discovery of the present moment. So for、mm. me, acting is is really the most spiritual、um, thing on the planet because you're using your own body, you're using your own breath, your emotions, your blood, your tears, your sweat, your experience, your struggles. You're using all that, and in most professions, you have to bottle that up and function.、Yes. And the way that an actor function is functions is that we take all that and we reveal it,、mm. hopefully in a way that it intimately can touch others and they can see themselves. So we're holding、mm. up the mirror to nature, as Shakespeare says. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think the wildness <laughs> that I had and have、um, actually serves that purpose、yes. because I I can't I I could never see myself doing a nine to five. It's laughable.、Mm-hmm. Every time I had like a day job, I would be kicked out after a day. After a day, <laughs> just like kindergarten, just <laughs> like kindergarten, I was kicked out a lot actually because I just don't fit into like I I can't、um, I I I have too many things to express. You know、yes. what I mean? Well, and how refreshing, yeah, that you are listening to that. You have too many things to express, and you just said that. I mean, you just said that so beautifully, Nicole. Every other job, we have to bottle it in. Yeah, and this one. It's like I'm letting it out, and it's actually why I love this job as well, right? It's like I get to so I express myself a million percent and totally authentically. And I think this is a huge thing that's leading to women's depression, right? So we know from statistics that women are twice as likely to be depressed as men. Of course, men have higher suicide rates, but when I think of the word depression, I think of pressing down. Our inner truth, pressing down、mm. that little girl inside, pressing down the wildness, pressing down the dreams, pressing down. Right? It's like denying who we are at that core. Ah,、oh, what a beautiful way to think of. I mean, of depression. Yes,、mm-hmm. absolutely. That that makes total sense. I never thought about it in that way. That's that's beautifully expressed. Yeah. Absolutely, and here you are saying, "Oh no, I'm not pressing anything down. I'm expressing." You know what? The, It, the truth is, even if I try, I I, I can't. <laughs> I I、yes. feel so much. I'm such an empath, which is、mm-hmm. what led me later into the healing arts as well, and now is merging both into into one.、Um, yeah. So I mean, for for me, the dream was. Reachable. So, for those people who have parents who don't support the dream, who want them to be a lawyer, who want them to do this, tiger moms, etc.,、um, it is of course harder. But、mm. if the calling is strong enough, it has to be unabashed. It has to be a calling that is so crazy wild <laughs> that it will defeat all the odds. And、yes. what my teacher, one of my teachers,、uh, great teacher Susan Batson, used to say, she said, "If there is anything else you can do, and be happy or content, do that. Because acting is not for the faint of heart. My God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean,、mm-hmm. it's the God honest truth. It、yeah. is. It is tough as shit." You get judged the way you look, 
the you know like all the time you get you're told no constantly all the time i mean we now with social media everybody gets judged but we get judged and we get um interviewed every single time we're up for a job we have to start at zero again right like they don't know us they don't necessarily want us we have to prove that they want us you know, mm-hmm. and yes. that we're the right person for this. And some talk about having big ovaries, girl. I mean, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it really it takes courage. Oh yeah. I mean, right? It takes so much courage. And this is no matter what job someone wants to go for. If you want to go for a promotion, you want to switch careers. So often, the fear is self doubt. They're going to say no. I'm going to be rejected. Yes. So how have you over time really worked with that rejection and that need to show up and prove yourself over and over again? I mean, how did you make it through all this toughest shit stuff? Well, I, again, uh, uh, blessings. I, I think I'm very blessed because I was still in my teens when I discovered meditation and yoga. And I really think... And I went to India, like I couldn't even, I was in, you know, so, so I went to drama school in, in Hamburg, uh, uh, stage school of dance and drama. I got kicked out um, because I did, uh, I did a show that was a little bit too wild. There was literally sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And everybody else was doing um, one singular sensation <laughs> everything you know like everybody was doing like jazz hands and yeah. and here i come and i directed and acted with my best friend and it 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 was very messy mm. it started with him jerking on uh, off on stage against a television screen i mean like I mean, it was, it was like... It was raw <laughs> and real and amazing and so not what this school wanted. <laughs> no, and, and the kids were all like, yeah, you know, loved it, loved it. And all the professors, I mean, it was literally like, what? And so... <laughs> what is she doing? I actually didn't want to stay in that school because I realized I didn't like uh, musicals. Mm. And, um, you know, not the kind of... Mu- like, I didn't want to be a musical actress. And uh, I love musicals and film, but for some reason, like on stage, it just doesn't work for me. Most of them, mm-hmm. Hamilton, you know, there's some that are absolutely amazing, West Side Story, yes. Um, so I ended up actually getting snatched up. <laughs> okay, talk about a detour. So here I was, I was working at the radio station as a DJ um, to make my rent, so not a nine to five. I had and you're how old at this point I I was 19 yeah I was 19 and um, of course I was tired because I was working at night you know I was doing the night shift and I got kicked out of that job as well because I was at a hard drug station and one day I couldn't I I didn't like hard rock now I like it actually but back then (laughs) I just couldn't like after months and months I I was like if I hear Van Halen one more time I'm gonna (laughs) scream and so I um, put a night of Prince on and I started to take people from the beginning in Minneapolis you know and and uh, from his R&B moments up like I had couples cool. call in, oh, my God, I didn't know this station. This is so amazing. <laughs> and the next morning, my boss listened in, and he would listen in every, like, 20 minutes, you know, like this. And he's like, yeah. Prince? What the? <laughs> All you know? the time? Like, Where was Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> and so I got kicked Where out. Where was Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I get kicked out. Then I get kicked out of another radio station for other stuff. But that's not the point. Um, I was wild. And so I said to my best friend, I said, okay, I can't pay my rent anymore. I don't want to tell my dad. And I opened the newspaper and I said, I'm going to apply to whatever job comes here under my finger. And I scrolled and it was being a maid in a boutique hotel on the island of Silt, which is very north in Germany. And I called them. You know, we were laughing. I called them and they said, 
can you come right away? Can you take the next train? I said, okay, I'm just going to have to do it. So I went to the yes. island of Silk. I became a maid. I uncovered sexual abuse within that mm. week that I was there, just yeah. a week. And I would run on the beach every day and I would scream and go, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, what am I supposed, what am I doing here being a maid? What are you doing to me? Yes. <laughs> so one day I thought I would maybe play uh, uh, The Maids by Jean Genet, which is a wonderful play, which I yet still have to do. So anyway, um, <laughs> my agent called me and said there uh, is an audition. Just around that time, I discovered that the boss was abusing the students, you know, who oh. were all maids. Yeah, right. And right, right. I got kicked out of there, not before I asked them to give me the money in front of guests. Well and done. And I said, if, if you don't give me the money right now, I'm going to tell the guests that these spaghetti and this sauce was in the freezer for a month. <laughs> and he gave me the money. I love you. <laughs> I mean, I really love you. I know. You. I, I created the Me Too movement before it was there. <laughs> yes. So well bragged. Thank you. Um, it is true. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I went to that audition and I got the job and that was in Switzerland. That took me to Switzerland. So um, mm. I know I can't go into every detail of what happened into every country I was in, but this was the pattern. Every two years, I would change country. I went from Switzerland, so I was in Switzerland in repertory. No, first I did one play. The director was a woman uh, called uh, the late Gudrun Oski. And I asked her if I could, um, you know, go on the weekend and drive to Bremen in Germany, which is like 10 hours on the train, and come back if she would mind and not rehearse me first in the morning on Monday so that I could make it. And she said, if you don't go to that audition, would you um, accept um, being part of my repertory company in Zurich um, hmm. starting, you know, after the summer? And I said, you're becoming the director of the theater in Zurich? I didn't know that. And she said, come on, you're not going to tell me that you've been this nice to me just because you're a nice person. <laughs> And, yes. I, and I was totally green. I said, I had no idea. And so uh, that's how I got my, my first job. I was Your in repertory. Break. And that's really the heart of, I learned so much in rep. Because you mm. go from play to play. You do different plays, like three different plays during the week. You have to switch gear in your head, you know, from Shakespeare to a modern play. I mean, it is really, this This really, really trains you as an actor. And wow. um, I remember being a little bit bored. And mm. I was like, what is going on? This is my dream. I'm like, I was so well paid. It was such a great job. And I didn't know what it was. And But I knew that there was something missing in my acting. And I felt that I would be able to find it in the States. I wanted hmm. to learn that acting from the inside out rather than from the outside in. So hmm. I put my feelers out and said, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to check out the different drama schools there. Um, in the meantime, I also discovered meditation and there was, you know, a guru attached. So I went to India while mm. we were in rap, I had a two-week hiatus, but you can never leave. You you have to stay within like 30 miles or something, you know. And I said, I don't care. I have to go to <sighs> India. The calling is too strong. Yes. And this is this is this is what has made you you. Everyone listening to this, it's that Nicole you kept listening to the call and you kept saying yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Even when it didn't make sense, probably. Yeah. Even when you might have lost that rep job. Even when, you know, none of it made sense. But you heard your internal, your intuition, your inner voice, your inner guide said X and you said yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. That takes a lot of courage. This, this was a, a lot of trust. <laughs> it was really scary. And mm-hmm. but I knew that I could not live without because I'd been touched. I felt this moment of grace and I I couldn't function. I was mm-hmm. so happy when I meditated, but I couldn't put it into action. So I I was meditating all the time. There was a Zen Buddhist place in uh um in in front of the theater and I would go there and meditate, you know, with everybody in 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 in, in these black Japanese robes. It was very mm. very, you know, konso yongo, <laughs> you know, I would I would just Serious do meditation. that before I and I was happier meditating than I was on stage and it didn't make any sense to me. Mm. I was like, what? Like there is something I have to learn here. So I called the airlines and it was over Christmas actually. And I said to them, um, you know, I want to fly then and then and um or not the airline but but the uh what are they called? The 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 like a travel, travel agent? agent. And um they said there is no availability Christmas forget about it. And I said please call me if there is any cancellation. These are the dates that I can go. And um, this is when I want to go. I hung up. Within five minutes, she called me back and said there was a cancellation. Exactly your dates. <laughs> and I didn't tell anybody except my parents. I said, I'm going to India. I'm not going to tell anybody else. And my best friend in, in, in Zurich. And mm-hmm. I packed my bags because what happens in rep is if somebody gets sick, you have to be able to drop everything you're doing and say, okay, we're doing Hamlet tonight. Okay, mm. I'm there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't go all you the way to India. You can't go but, to India. But I And you did. were willing to risk it. Yes. And nobody yes. ever knew. Yeah. <laughs> I came back from India and I, was a, I had a little bit of a tan. And I just said I was in a, in a studio, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just went into a tanning yeah. <laughs> a tanning salon. This is such a story of just listening and saying yes. Yeah. Even when you might have to risk something that is safe, is known, seems to be quote unquote stable. And you said luck, Nicole. You could think of that flight opening up as luck, or you could think of that flight as synchronicity in the universe saying yes to you because you said yes to yourself. Yes, it's it's grace. I, I call it grace. I call it following the mm. Shakti. The Shakti mm-hmm. is the wild feminine. Yes. You know, she, she, she can't yes. be tamed. Um, yeah. And and she always finds a way to creep out. She always. You know. She does. Following your Shakti. Yeah. Following your wild feminine. Yeah. Right? Following your inner pussy knowing. Like, Following, following, following. So one of the things about you, Nicole, is you have these different passions that seem to all be disparate, and yet you're combining them all. And I hear that a lot from women, that I'm multi-passionate. I have too many things. Which one do I choose? And so tell us about you integrating and and how to do that. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to try to to bring it in into a nutshell because honestly, this this was a path of thirty years, thirty mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. of feeling that I was torn in the different directions rather than being able to 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 combine it. Um, obviously, the meditation, the yoga, helped me with performance and I also realized I needed the pranayama the breath control I needed all mm. those things to calm the nervous system because I was born a preemie um, two months before time and I was in an incubator and my nervous system was always on alert mm. I only understood this after literally I mean, it it took me like ten years ago. It clicked when I um, studied with Guru Dharam uh, in 
uh, yoga therapy. That's when I realized that it was my nervous system that was always like, you know, alert, which which has mm-hmm. something positive as well because I I'm hyper alert and mm. hyper empathetic, which can really take you down if you feel yes. everything and you're like a yes. sponge and can really take you down and on roller coaster rides. Mm-hmm. So. I had found these things that helped me personally cope. Mm. For example, when I was in rep, my stage fright was so debilitating, so debilitating, that I would literally spend half an hour on the toilet. It would come out on all ends. Like, I I, I would literally feel (laughs) like I'm being thrown to the lions. The audience were the lions that would like. <laughs> they're going to eat you up, and they're they're going to spit you out, and and where's the toilet? Yes, and they clearly <laughs> hate me before they even know that I exist. Yes, <laughs> and so totally hear that one. Yes, I totally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all of these things helped me calm down the nervous system. Later on, I found you know just a few years ago, I found hemp oil that where I didn't have to like meditate for an hour to get to that state, but I take my drops and I'm like, okay, I'm set. Mm. It's the nervous system. It doesn't mean yes. that that I'm an insecure person. It doesn't mean that mm. I don't think highly of myself. It doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to get that job or I'm not supposed to shine. It just means that the poor nervous system is under attack, you know? Wow. So it took me many, many years to um, uh, to to study and keep on studying to uh, to actually combine these things and now I'm combining all these things in a program for actor it's called actors rising but it's not only for actors it's for speakers it's for um, people who do podcasts it's for people who have to speak in public Mm -hmm. in any way Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and also people who just want to explore this path even though they might have not become an actor so my Mm -hmm. restlessness has taken me literally from Switzerland then I came to New York again these serendipitous moments Mm -hmm. happened in Switzerland I did this famous uh, TV show like a cop show and the actor there said, when you go to New York, you have to meet Susan Batson. So I, I, I went to Susan Batson. Um, I, I crashed the party. I mean, <laughs> they, that was before she was an icon. Now she is like Nicole Kidman coach and, <laughs> and Jessica Lange's coach and Ice Tea coach. And like she is the coach to the stars. I worked with her when it was like in her apartment like in her studio apartment. In her studio and, apartment. Yeah. And we were the guinea <laughs> yeah. pigs for the method. And mm. brilliant. She's a genius. But I came, um, you know, as they already started because um, uh, she didn't pick up her phone. So I just figured I'll just go to the address. So I rang the bell. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this short black woman looking like Shaka Khan. And she goes, yeah. And I go, hi, I, I'm Nicole. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm from Europe. Uh, I was wondering if I could maybe audit your classes. And uh, Stefan Gupsa told me about your class. And she's like, um, shall we let her in? And the class in the background, I could hear them. No, she's half an hour late. No, Susan, no. And she, come on, she's all the way from Europe. So they let oh. me in. And the way that she works is she would give people a monologue. You could take notes. And this this one was, you are Madonna, and you were found mm. sitting on top of a man with a knife in your hand. The, mine, the man is stabbed to death. And this is the, um, uh, this is the speech to the press. Mm. But this is the, you know, backstory. Right. And I did it and, you know, I kind of looked like Madonna. So everybody, mm-hmm. and she always asked the class first, what do you think? So the class was like, oh my God, she's a star. You know, they were <laughs> all like, she's amazing, amazing. 
and I felt this um I felt like I had cheated but of course mm. I was happy that people thought I was great and then it, it came to Susan and she said okay you heard everybody you clearly have star power you clearly you know have talent and um Here's the gist. You can go back to Europe and just continue your career because clearly you have a career and you can totally work with what you have. But if you stay, I'm going to teach you what is called intimacy. An intimacy that you tap into that everybody can feel because I can't feel you. Mm. Um and I say bullshit and you know it. My whole body like I th- I feel it as if this is happening now. My whole right. body was shaking, shaking and I finally felt seen. And I went like, she's getting me because I and that's why I was so bored in Zurich. I knew that yeah, was that's why you went to New York. Exactly. Yeah. And I stayed with her, and true and behold, this is what she taught me. She cracked me, helped me crack myself open, mm. and 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 learn how to open up and close, open up and close, oh. open up and close. And it was an intense two years. What happened is, I got an offer to do a play in Germany, and I got an offer to do a movie. And I was, I I was not ready. So I came to class and I said, "Susan, uh, something terrible happened. I got this offer, and, <laughs> and 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 I don't feel ready. I don't want to go. I don't want to go." And she's like, "You got an offer to do a movie. It's all paid, right? The movie is paid, and the and the and the play is paid." And she said, "You're not even gonna stay here today." Yeah, I'm gonna going to kick you out. Yeah, Do you I'm putting think you on that an airplane. anybody mm-hmm. here would be here if they had a fucking job? <laughs> yeah. Go. You're ready. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not. And this is a theme in my life. I always feel like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I want to mm. study a little more. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. I want to learn that. And so this is an ongoing theme. I ended up in Europe, did the movie started the play had an hiatus in the in the rehearsals and I didn't like the people that I was working with I, it didn't mm. feel right but they they kept playing the music of a theater company called the Théâtre du Soleil in Paris which is an iconic theater very very different than any other place in the world and this this actress called um Valeria Bruni Tedeschi, she is uh, French-Italian. She told me in Susan's class, Nicole, I think you should go to Paris and meet Ariane Nushkin. You're the type of actress she loves. And I remember that when I heard the music and I thought, isn't that the woman? And I, so I went to Paris because, not because of Nushkin, but because my friend from high school had married a famous fashion designer. She was a model, and she was pregnant, and she was bored. And she said, come and visit us. So, and this place was literally, I mean, you know, Prince Albert would come in and out. I didn't know what Prince Albert was about back then, you know. <laughs> and Naomi Campbell and those people, you know. And I was sitting with her. Her cook was serving us lunch. And I jumped up, and I said, I have to call the Théâtre du Soleil now. And she said, can you wait until after lunch? And I said, no, no, I have to call them now. So I picked up the phone, found the Théâtre du Soleil and, and said, qu'est-ce que vous faites? What are you doing? And they went, qu'est-ce que vous faites? No, qu'est-ce que vous faites? And they are like, are you an actress? Are you calling for the audition? And I said, yes! <laughs> <laughs> so lo and behold, this audition process took three months. I didn't know mm. that she was looking for actors to join the troupe. I thought it was just a workshop. I had to make a decision because I had to go back to Germany to finish the rehearsal. And I thought I'd rather do a workshop with this genius in Paris 
then go back and do the, um, uh, and do this play. Mm. And I lost my voice. I have an ongoing thing with my with my vocal cords, uh, mm. which is one of the reasons uh, the um, uh, one of the acting schools, the National Acting School in Germany, didn't take me um, because I had problems with my vocal cords, which is yet mm. another healing story. So I, yeah. I wish we oh, had five I hours. I know because you, it's you know, it's I'm really hearing that you, it's like you, you're someone who you listen to the call within. And when there is an obstacle, you know, like you can't get a hold of the acting teacher, you just show up at her door. Yeah. When you're feeling inside, oh, I'm bored, this, something isn't right here, you listen to it and you you went to New York, you started meditating, you went to India, like you really pay attention and you overcome the obstacle. And it sounds, Nicole, like you have used so many different healing arts. Yeah. For yourself, yeah, absolutely, it's incredible. absolutely. I mean, it was it, it it was crazy. I lost my voice, so I went to my doctor. The doctor said she can't go on stage. showed showed the woman the paper. Said I can't rehearse. I can't go on stage right now. You know, went back to Paris, got into the workshop. The workshop got extended. Every week she would go. You stay, you go. You stay, you go. After three months, I was in. So I was in the famous troupe of the Théâtre du Soleil and learned, I mean, now I speak fluent French. And wow. um, after two years, it was time to move again. We were on tour, mm. a, a director in Vienna saw me, called me for an audition in Vienna. I auditioned. Um, and then again, I was in Vienna um, for like two years two and a half years then I felt that Vienna was over and it was everybody who knew me was like is she nuts she's <laughs> finally known like literally in Vienna actors are being revered as gods it's not like here where you're like oh you're an actress oh so where, where do you weigh tables mm-hmm. in Vienna it's a high art even the cab drivers know what's playing in the theater in the evening. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's it's the the whole culture there is that the arts are being regarded very very high and mm-hmm. being subsidized by the government highly. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. earned great money doing what I love, but I felt that the time was over. It was the mm-hmm. weirdest thing, and I had co-written a, a play um, that I was doing with a young director. And um, in the summer, I went to um, the U.S. I traveled all over, Miami, L.A., New York. Then I went to visit uh, um, uh, somebody in in Montreal. Let's not get into who that was. (laughs) Came back to uh, New York. And that's where I met my now husband of... 20 years Hmm. or re-met him because we had met eight years prior to that back in Hamburg when I was a drama student Um, and 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 we got together and that completely changed my life again so I'd I'd basically changed country every two years because sometimes because somebody hired me but mostly because I I couldn't stay. It was like, <gasps> I have to go. And people were the like, wild feminine. but you're playing all the leads in this theater. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the best table when you go to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's boring. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I'm here. It's like you have this thirst for, for learning and for constantly filling and constantly growing. Yes. And yeah, that is not boring. That's like expansive in the way to live and so many people, like our culture tells you, just do the boring thing for 20 years. You know, just you've reached a certain status. People know you. And you instead, Nicole, have chosen this beautiful path. It's not all grace and, and, and blessing. There is a piece and there's a piece of you choosing yes. to constantly grow. Okay, we don't have that much more time. And I have to get into this amazing, amazing series 
that you have directed. Messy. Yes. It's so fantastic. I totally binged the first several episodes. I couldn't stop watching. My baby started crying and I was like, shh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, we're watching now. We're watching. So this is an incredible new um, series that you are winning every award under the sun for. So first of all, congratulations, sister. Thank you. You Just so well earned. This, This series is so fun. It is about a woman going through divorce and everything that she goes through with it. But really, it's about her discovering herself. And it's so clever and creative. The scenes are, it's like you take someone inside of their mind. I can't even describe it. So let's let's talk about Messy. Yeah, so Messy is uh, the creator of Messy. So the writer and, and the woman who literally put everything together until I came on board was uh, is Kate Warren. And a lot of the praise I really want to pass on to her because without her vision and without what she has written, which comes deeply from her own experience in life, Mm. which was tragic. She turned that into a comedy, into a dramedy. Let's put Mm -hmm. it that way. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of laughter, but, but there's also a lot of cringing and, oh, my God, this is devastating. Heartbreaking. This is awful. And um, I know Kate because she, um, uh, we had kids in the same elementary school. And Mm. my son used to go to her after school sword fighting class. (laughs) And that's how I know her. She contacted me on Facebook. Don't you love Facebook? I mean, you know, I love it. And she said, you know, I wrote this um, uh, web series and I would love for you to be in one of the episodes would you do that I went like yeah sure and she's like yeah you would play this and that and I was like yeah sure just send it to me sure um but I didn't want to read the whole thing she had written 13 episodes and I can't even tell you with my husband how many people send me scripts so I only read when when there is money behind and when when it's happening because Mm -hmm. I could spend all day just reading people's scripts that that they send me so I went yeah sure when it's whenever you do the reading I'll be there she organized a reading I hadn't read the the, the series at all um, I just knew that I was in what episode six or something so we're sitting around the table in a small theater in New York City beautiful actors like a huge I mean 30 actors a lot of actors and um we're starting to read, and I can't hold myself. I'm literally mm. like, holy shit, this is so good. I <laughs> got so every good. nuance of this, and I was sitting right next to her, and she kept looking at my reaction and kept looking at my reaction. And by episode three, as we were reading, I heard inside of me, I want to direct this. Mm. And I only heard it, and this had happened to me uh, before, and, you know, at the Rubin Museum, I was asked to do a reading, and I said, no, I want to direct the reading with Ellen Burstein, my husband, Linus Roach, you know, great actors. And um, I didn't say anything to her, but I, you know, I tried to keep my laughter down so people could continue, but my laughter, (laughs) like, you know. And the next day, I kid you not, she calls me and she says, Nicole, I saw how much you understand where I'm going with this. And I was Mm. wondering if you want to direct this. Oh, (laughs) of course, of course. When you live in alignment, my loves, everyone listening to this, when you live in alignment, the opportunities come, the flights open up, the person calls you the opportunity shows up. It might show up in a weird or different looking way, but it shows up. This is incredible. So she heard you basically telepathically. The two of you were talking. Absolutely. Which means that she's also incredibly in tune because otherwise, you know, it takes two to tango. You know, you can hear as much as you want. You can send out the vibes. When I was a kid, I was very psychic. I, I would see things. I would hear things. And I would try to communicate telepathically with people. 
And I, I was always like, why can't they hear me? Especially adults. Mm, Kids could mm-hmm, hear you, of course. Mm-hmm. Kids can hear you, um, yeah. But so, so we, we raised money on Seed and Spark. We did, uh, uh, we shot one summer for the trailer where we took different scenes out of different episodes, made a trailer to raise the money. And then, and people were paid, you know, I mean, ultra low um, uh, budget, but still, I didn't want to want people to work for free. And it was like the coin dropped as I was on the set, setting up the shots talking to, to to the tech people, to the crew, talking to the actors. I was in my element. Mm. And I think what, what, what happened is, you know, as an actor, so much is into look at me, see me, feel me. And all the work that I've been doing, I'm at a point where I see myself and so I don't need that look from others. It's like great, you know, that's that's one thing. But I see. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm always like on the set. And I look back at all the work that I've been doing in the theater, but, but mainly actually in film. I'm always hanging out with the crew. I'm always mm. interested in what lens is he using, what, you know, mm. I'm, I've always, and I found literally in September when I went to Germany to see my parents, I found a bag with old journals, and one of the journals was a big book called Regiebuch, which means the director's book, which I started to <sighs> write at 18, and there wow. were scenes for movies, stories, novels, I mean... I, I forgot about this, but I right. think a part of me felt that because there's so few women directors, now there's mm. more, obviously, but at the time where I'm growing up, like a female director, that was like a unicorn. Didn't happen, yeah. So that felt a little bit out of, too much out of reach. Mm. And mm. I also needed to go on the journey that, that yeah, I've all been of gone, the ex- going through. Right. Yeah all of the experiences that you've had, all of the learning, all of the growth, you know, I often say that every moment of our life has been for purpose because every moment has led us to this one, right? And so there's wisdom that we've learned along the way, strength we've gotten along the way, courage, we've had heartbreak along the way, all of it gets you here. And this mini-series is it a miniseries or a series? Yeah, it's it's a wrinkle. it's a web series, and um, oh, yeah. I mean, I know I saw it as a web series. I don't know what it's going to mm-hmm. be. It it is incredible, and it really speaks to every woman's mindset and journey. Yeah, that's how I felt watching this. You know, a woman who's going through a transition in life, a who am I in life? How do I get back up and love myself and live my life? It, you feel it all, and you do. You laugh and you feel. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I'm so glad that you um, that you're vibing with it because um, uh, I value your opinion greatly, and um, I, I think especially women are gonna love it. But I showed it to um, uh, you know some people when we were editing it, um, and there were a lot of men in the room. And one man who was just getting a divorce, he walked out. He was mm. like, "Oh, it's 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 fantastic, but I I can't watch it. It's it's too it's close too to home. close to home." And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and the way that Kate managed and and Kate plays also the lead in it. She plays mm. her herself herself her story. Um, it, there is so little vanity in her yeah. in her portrayal. Yeah. She's yeah. like so like what you see is what you get. I'm middle aged. I've you know I'm raising my kids. One is still little, and and how are you going to do this? I you know I've been in this marriage for twenty years. Never been in the dating game. Now there's these apps, right. you know. It, and there's a hilarious scene of her learning and figuring out how to use a dating app. <laughs> and, hilarious looking at the different potential men suitors and the way that you do this. 
And it's, you just nailed it. It's so authentic. It's so real. It's so raw. I think that's what is so appealing about this that you, you get into her mind. Oh, what's it going to be like to have sex with someone else? Like, who am I going to have sex with? What's that? And you really get to see her mind play out and all of the crazy places where our mind goes and her children are like watching her have sex, but they're not really just in her mind. It's like this. She you get to really get inside and, and a woman's mind is a miraculous, incredibly complex, fabulous storytelling place. And that's where you take us inside. And it's so real. It's so real and has all all the feels yeah and so when are people going to be able to see this amazing series um well very soon like i would recommend people uh, just follow messy on uh, uh, instagram um uh, messy the web series and on facebook we will announce it very very soon um where it will be available um you know we are still getting awards we won the um uh British Web Awards for Best Dramedy. I won Best Director. She won Best Actress, Best Makeup, Best Set. Um, we also won. Well the bragged, well bragged, well bragged. Just thank you. All of it. New York International Film Awards, the Chicago Independent Film Awards, <sighs> and she just won. And I think that's an amazing one. She she just won the Asia Web Fest in South Korea for Best Actress. Oh, yeah. Wow. And well earned. Like, I really love this series. I cannot, you know, I've actually been pitched by other other shows and series and movies to have, you know, their directors or their actors come onto the Purpose Girl podcast. And I always watch it first, you know, to and, and I haven't said yes to to all of them. Um, oh, thank and so you. if I'm thank if you. I'm saying I love it, I really mean I love it. Uh, I mean, I really I'm like, I only saw five episodes and I want to see six and I want to see seven and I want to see 13. And like, I really, I really, really love it. And I think from a women's empowerment perspective, which is what the Purpose Girl podcast is all about. It, it is the story of a woman who is getting her power back. Yes. And acknowledging it's not going to be perfect. Like, I can't stand all the perfect stuff out there we're messy, right? Like our lives are messy. We're not perfect. Here's a Nicole who has won best director and been in all these different, you know, shows all over the world. And, you know, really, I mean, the woman I'm talking to obviously is an incredible actor and she's telling all of us that you have anxiety, right? That you have, you yourself have stage, right? That you yourself, your nervous system. And so Life is messy, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And so just can we all start honoring and acknowledging we're messy. Our houses are a mess. Our minds are a mess sometimes. Our relationships can be a mess. We're not perfect. And, you know, it's okay. Yeah. The perfection lies in the imperfection. And, and yes. who is to judge That's that where the beauty this is. is imperfect? Yeah. Maybe messy oh. is perfect. Oh, Okay. <laughs> That I want that on T-shirts. Messy is perfect. Oh, I Maybe love messy that. Is perfect. I love that. Yes, Nicole, go make T-shirts. Go make. T- okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm almost out of time, and I have to get to my purpose power play round because I could talk to you for hours. Okay, so this is the part of my show where I ask my guests random questions, and whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. You down? Okay. okay. Ten years from now, one dream that's going to be a reality. Ten years from now, I will have um, completed several feature films, award-winning feature films. I will have worked with um, some of the great directors of our time, and I will have earned so much money that I'm able to help so many people and um, and and change their lives, especially mm. girls. And, mm. and and help them live an empowered life. Oh, sign me up, sister. <laughs> However I can help. Oh, my goddess. Yes, 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 and yes. And female yes, yes, narrative. Yes, yes. We need female oh. narrative. We need mm. female directors. We need female crew. We need female, the female gaze. We need the feminine view. Because the patriarchy has written everything from the point of the male. And it has gotten us to almost extinction. So now it's time for the goddess to rise and take over. 
Say it, sister. Preach. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I could just get down with that all freaking yes, 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 all of it. It is our time, sisters. Yes. It is our time. It is our time. Okay, a book everyone must read. Oh, a book everyone must read. Ah, oh, damn. Um, I think New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Mm, Eckhart Tolle. I just heard Oprah in an in a podcast say that that that's her Bible, and I was thinking, what's my Bible? Actually, New Earth was groundbreaking for me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Highly recommend if if you all of you haven't read anything by him, please do, mm-hmm. please do. Okay, last question, Nicole. What's one thing you want every woman to know? I want every woman to know that she is perfect as she is, inside and out. That the too much, the too messy, too loud, too sexy, too scared, the twos are all a scam from the outside world and that every woman is a miracle in action. Every woman is a miracle in action. Wow. Nicole Ansari, I love every single cell of you. I love every inch of you. I adore you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the Purpose Girl podcast. Everyone, you're going to want to check out Nicole and her work. And whether you're an actor or not, her Actors Rising program, her Wild Feminine work, her links are in the show notes. To all of you, thank you for listening to the Purpose Girl podcast. If you loved this episode, and we hope you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen right now and leave your five-star review. Your reviews are how women all over the world are finding the Purpose Girl podcast and are changing their lives. Of course, if you are not part yet of the Purpose Girls Facebook group, what are you waiting for, girl? It is a community, 2,500 women, Nicole and I both, and we rock each other out and celebrate each other and support each other. And so join us there. Of course, share this podcast with every woman you know. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.